0: This is Dr. Jonathan Hanson. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the warning program. Wherever you're watching or listening, welcome. This is a live audience. We're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International, and there's children. Now, I have with me today Bree Heaton. Bree Ministry is to the Pygmies in Africa. And so she'll be sharing with you today. Brie? Thank you. It's great to be with you today and to share a few things about God's Word and the pygmies and some current events, some things the Lord is showing me about things going on in America. So I want to start with a scripture, and this one is unusual for starting a program. But this is Exodus chapter 1, verse 12. And it says, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. So this is interesting. Sometimes in a time of affliction, the church will grow. And this is something that people don't like to hear. But it seems to me, personally, that the church of God has declined greatly in the last days. And it is a sad thing to the Lord of hosts. The people have become passive. God doesn't want a passive church. He wants a warrior church that will fight the good fight of faith and take back the land by force. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. And God is not pleased with the lukewarm church. God wants us to be hot or cold. Now, this is Revelation 3. So right here, it says that affliction arose. And because of the affliction, the people of Israel multiplied. Let me read it again. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. So I hope that won't be the case for us, but it is looking that way to me, like it's going to take some kind of impetus to get the church back on her feet, to let her arise and let God's enemies be scattered. And so I want to talk to you about a couple of unusual things just to start with. Uh, it, it so happens that I'm in the Congo a lot. The Congo is the most dangerous place on the planet. There are over 150 armies fighting in there, and a lot of them are jihadists. In fact, the most of them are jihadists. And they kill everyone that gets in their way. And the new wave of jihad in East Congo is not convert or die. They're just kill, kill, kill. Because they're trying to take East Congo away from the Congolese people. This movement is highly funded. And it is very dangerous. But I've been in the Congo 14 plus years now. I've led well over 80,000 pygmies to Jesus and they are serving Jesus in the Congo. So the jihadists are targeting my pygmies as we speak. They murder them, they behead them, they rape them, and they eat them. Yes, you heard me. They eat them. So the pygmies are in a conflict zone, particularly in the east of the Congo, where I have seven villages there, 20 altogether. Now, The Congo, you could fit three of Texas in there. It gives you an idea how big it is and have room to spare. And so I have pygmies all over the Congo, but the east of the Congo is where the most of the conflict is right now. So what I started doing uh, when I realized last spring how bad it was and the surge of the jihadists. I, I prayed all summer long and I thought, I have to get the pygmies out. I have to rescue the pygmies. But I want you to hear me. In the midst of the storm, God caused pygmies to begin to triumph. And the pygmies didn't lie down. They began to fight back, but not the way you think. They fought back by winning souls. You see, they love Jesus. The pygmies can't read or write because they're actually hunter-gatherers. And when I build them villages, we go in with my team and teach them to plant and harvest, which is a whole different lifestyle for them. But they listen to the Word of God every night around the campfire. It's an instrument called a proclaimer. And by the time I come back second and third time, they have memorized the whole New Testament. Some of them can quote the whole thing. And so they fall in love with Jesus and they want to serve him. So the way they fight back is by going out to the big Africans who hate them. You see, the pygmies are small. So when I say big Africans, I mean the tall ones. And they go to them and they win them to Jesus. There were three men in the Ebola zone, which is where a lot of the conflict is, the Ebola and North Kivu regions. And there were three men there who were retarded, uh, mentally challenged, three men. I have a picture, and they're all on the front row, and you can see very obviously they are mentally challenged. But after I led that whole group, there are about 3,000 pygmies in that tribe to Jesus. The next time I came back, those three men were healed. And they were no longer retarded. And so they, three of them, their best friends, they came to me and they said, please, please buy us a bicycle. And I said, what do you want the bicycle for? And they said, we want to go to the big Africans who hate us and tell them that Jesus loves them and tell them that he healed us and we're no longer retarded. And I said, you've got your bicycle. And we cut the money from another program and we bought them a bicycle. And sure enough, those three men went together and they won many souls for Jesus. What a story. What an awesome testimony. So these are the precious pygmies that are really under attack right now. Please pray for them. And what I did over a period of three or four months I started getting them out and bringing them out of the conflict zone. The trouble is now they are starving to death. They're just squatting in fields. I had to buy them tarps and they're just, they are just erected the tarps and they're living under there. Some actually drowned to death under tarps in the rain. It was terrible. But they're starving because there's no food. So if God moves on your heart, please help us to help feed the pygmies. There are about 10,000 of them that have escaped being murdered and raped and beheaded and eaten. And now they're starving. So that's the situation that we're facing. But here's a scripture. I was thinking about Zechariah this morning, and I wanted to read from Zechariah chapter 2. Verse 5, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, For I, saith the Lord, will be under her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. Now, it was about uh, three years ago, I was in the Congo, and we were going to a certain group of pygmies. We had to trek. I have a, a large staff that work for me there, and Some of them are scouts, some are mobilizers, some are negotiators, some are helpers. Anyway, I have one man, he's my head scout, and all 10 of his brothers work for me and are part of this mission to rescue and help and help pygmies to know Jesus. So we were hiking through the jungle. We could hear the jihadists behind us screaming, la, la 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 and we could hear them, but we felt that we were ahead of them and perfectly safe. We came to the top of a mountain. We went down the mountain, and we went across a short field, and there was a river. We needed to cross the river, go up the mountain, and on the top there would be the pygmies. We could hear them singing and dancing. They love to sing and dance. So they were all up there waiting for us to come and preach the gospel to them. Of course, we bring many gifts like uh, salt, clothing, uh, food, gifts. Every time we go, gifts. We don't go empty-handed, not ever. And so we're carrying all these heavy sacks. Now we get to the river. We're about to cross the river. And I heard extremely loud screaming behind us. And we all turned around and lo and behold, there were 200 men with machetes and machine guns chasing us down that mountain. And they were screaming, coming to kill us. I suppose to take the supplies, maybe to kill the pygmies too. And I saw them coming and my staff said, you get across the river and we'll protect you. I said, no, I'll protect you. How many know? The word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Greater is he who lives in me, come on, than he that is in the world. So I turned and I began to shout and I began to pray. And I, I shouted, no weapon. And I put my hand out, formed against me shall prosper. And I'm shouting scriptures like this. And suddenly the glory of God came upon us. My staff were out this way and out this way from me and were facing down this army come to kill us. You know, most people, I could stop here and tell you that most people would run away at this point. They'd run across. What's the use of that? Either God is for me or he is not. Either God will save me and honor his word, or he will not. You see, it comes down to whose are you? Do you belong to the God of fear? Or do you belong to the God of faith? You can't live with a divided heart. You can't live in fear and faith. And this is how I started today You can't be lukewarm with one foot over here and one foot over here straddling a fence and hope to live in a situation like this. You must choose this day whom you will serve. You can serve the Most High God or you can go and serve the God of fear. And I'm going to tell you, if you serve the God of fear in the Congo, you'll be dead. But greater is He who lives in me than he that is in the world. So I stood my ground and I kept shouting scriptures and I looked and there were angels this way, fully armed, angels this way, fully armed. And I kept shouting scriptures and suddenly all these men that came to kill us stopped and started screaming in terror. And they turned around and ran back up the mountain and this, my staff were going, what just happened? I said, God, just like Elisha did, God opened their eyes that they might see. And sure enough, there were angels, so many armed angels. And those men that came to kill us saw this vast army and they ran in terror. Isn't that the God we serve? Amen. You see, you get in trouble And he'll be a wall of fire around you and a hedge of protection if only you'll believe. And that's what it comes down to. Are you a believer today? You see, it's not by power. Come on, come on. It's not by power. Your power, no. And it's not by might. Your might, no. But it is by my spirit. That's right saith the Lord of hosts. You either trust God or you do not because we are entering into the end of days. How many know that's true? We're already well into this thing and we need to learn to trust God with all our heart. You see, that's a four-part scripture there in Proverbs. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Everybody hold your hands up like this. Hold, hold, Hold one hand up, it'll do it. Number one, trust the Lord with all your heart. Number two, lean not into your own understanding. Ooh, that's a tough one because our our mind starts going. We can't allow that. We stick to the word of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Number three, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And number four, everybody, and he will direct your path. This is powerful. If we can walk in all four of those, nothing will be impossible to him that believes. So this scripture in Zechariah, I love to quote it. I just quote it all the time. And we can stand on the word of God because it is powerful. It is strong. And it will hold you up in the time of trouble. Now I want to talk to you about a couple of things that I feel are Very, very important to all that's going on in our world today. You see, what's going on in the Congo is the tip of the iceberg because it's going to spread all over the world. How many have read Revelations recently? It's very powerful. And I recommend this week, open it and read it, the whole thing, and understand the liars that say, and there are famous prophets that are going around saying, Revelation will not come to pass because God loves us too much. Yes. <laughs> I'm hearing laughter, but I think you should have scorn on your faces. This is ridiculous. Yes. To deny the word of God and call yourself God's prophet? This is, this is prophesied for the last days. There'll be prophets that'll you know lie to you. <clears throat> And the people will listen to these lies. And they'll want to hear all the, I call it the schmooze. (laughs) It's just a lie. Oh, no. I I heard a woman just, a pastor's wife one time, I was talking about Revelation. I don't like to talk about it too much because people get all depressed. But I think you need to read it. So you know what's happening. Really? Yes. Yep. And she says, I'm not going through that. I'm out of here. I said, well, honey, good luck to you. I don't believe in luck, by the way. The word luck ties to Lucifer. That's where she's headed because she doesn't believe the word of God. You see, we're going to go through the storm triumphant. I want to hear an amen. Amen. You see, we're going to show the world, come on, what a real Christian looks like. We don't run from the fight. We run to the fight. The enemy may be huge like Goliath, may be gigantic with great power and a big voice and a big sword. But you have the word of God, which is more powerful than any two-edged sword. Come on. If all you had was a little slingshot, come on, where are the Davids now? Where are the Davids in this world? that are willing to make a stand. You know, the the people of America have become a nation of cowards. They're afraid to make a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and that's a rebuke. And I mean it. If ever there was a time to make a stand, it's now before it is too late. So I want to tell you this is the year of the gimel. The gimel is the third letter in the Hebrew alphabet. 3 This is 2023. Do you know what the gimel means? Repentance mm-hmm. and restoration. And this is the year of revival if we repent and are restored. And so I believe God wants this. I believe God wants the repentance and the revival, but the repentance must come first. There have been fake revivals in our world. How many know that's true? Fake revivals. Do you know what that is? Well, all this stuff is happening, but nobody's repenting. We're just wallowing in all this fakie stuff. Hey, wait a minute. Without repentance, there's no real revival. And I believe in it. Do you know this Asbury thing that happened recently? Do you know how it kicked off? One young man ran forward weeping and he began to repent and confess his sins and revival broke out in that college. How about it? Amen. You see, that's how the spark was revival, repentance and revival. So this is the year of the Gimel, revival. Amen everybody with me so far in the Hebrew reckoning this is the year 5783 and guess what happens if we don't repent this year and usher in the great revival next year is the year of judgment 244 is judgment so we need to usher this in. How many have heard about the Euphrates River drying up? You see, there's a sign in Revelation, It's a very important sign. The river Euphrates has dried up, and they found four tunnels into the deep underground under that river, four tunnels. And then there have been reports of people hearing screams and cries coming out of there and chains rattling. Ooh. This is a sign of the end of days. And yet, we're all just sitting there watching filth on TV and and throwing our lives away and wasting our time. But now, I tell you, is the time to set your, your plans aside and take up your cross and follow the Lord. Each and every person, both in this room and those who are watching, God has a call on your life. God has a divine purpose for you. You were set into this last day for a reason and a plan. And you have a great destiny. And God has called you. You must never give up. You must never back down. There will always be people who get in your face and say, You can't do that. Who do you think you are? How dare you do that? You're too old. You're too young. You're too black. You're too white. You're the wrong race. You're the wrong. You don't have enough money. You're you're too sick. You're too poor. There are so many excuses. But God says, stop and consider me. Through me, all things are possible to him that believes. So God is looking for the faithful, not the fearful. God is looking for those who will make a stand, not those who run away every time the danger comes. And I've got to say that my staff stood by my side when all those people were running toward us to kill us. It is to their credit that not one ran away. You see, All of us have laid our lives down. We understand working in a war zone. We understand having been shot at, chased with machetes, threatened ceaselessly. In the night I lay down to sleep, I can hear the voodoo drums this way. I can hear the jihadist rebels this way. I can hear their guns. And I lay down and I sleep in perfect peace because my mind is stayed on the Lord. There have been times... The Lord will wake me in the night or wake my head scout or wake someone on my staff and say, get up. Get everybody go into the jungle. They're coming to kill you. We do exactly that. We get up. We go sit under a tree in the jungle. That's real fun in the middle of the night. (laughs) A lot of predators in those jungles. And I'm not just talking about snakes and animals. But the thing is, listen, be ready. Do what God says and be quick to do it. None of this, well, I I was trying to sleep, Lord. I think I'll just go back. No, sir. Now you're dead because you didn't jump when God said jump. So God is going to give directions in these last days. He's going to say, go here. I think here's the answer. Yes, sir. If you're a good soldier, you'll do what he says and you'll do it quickly. Amen. Got to learn. These things. Now I want to talk about something that's going to really shock you. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, How many know that there was a prophet and he was headed, he was a real prophet, by the way, and he was headed off to curse Israel. Does anybody remember who this was? Oh, yes. Balaam was a real prophet, but somebody paid him some money. Are you listening? And he was willing to betray Israel. And God had to use a donkey to talk to this man and tell him, no, don't you dare. And so he he had the fear of the Lord on him then, and he did not go and curse Israel. So if God can use a donkey, can God use anything he wants? That's all I want to know right now. Can he use any vector or venue that it pleases him to use? Yes or no? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that leads me into what I have to say about what I think the coming revival will entail. Are you ready? Okay, there was a prophet, and he prophesied that when the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, Revival would break out in America. Now, he was a real prophet, but he was not a perfect man. How many know God calls people not perfect people? And so a person could be a prophet and still not be a perfect person. Is that true or false? A prophet can make mistakes, and that's all true. But the thing is, God calls people who are willing Not perfect people, because there's no such thing as a perfect person. So I wanted to lay that out. Mm -hmm. This prophet prophesied Kansas City. Now listen, the Kansas City Chiefs had not won a Super Bowl in 50 years. That's not a good track record. Who agrees with that? I'm not a football fan. In fact, I don't like football. I can't stand to watch it. I feel like I'm wasting my time. But I will tell you that the Kansas City Chiefs are owned by Christians, the Hunt family. They're strong Christians and leaders. I'm from Kansas City, by the way, Kansas City, Missouri. And so the Chiefs are our team there, and they're owned by Christians. Most of the Chiefs are Christians, and the staff, the coach. So now... Two or three years before 2020, this is interesting now, they hired a certain coach. They brought him in from another team. He was excellent. He was the right guy. And then, you see, because they lost for 50 years, they had first and second pick of who they would hire on a given year. So they p- skipped pick one. <gasps> you don't do that. They skipped pick two. <gasps> You really don't do that. And they went to pick three, a fine young man from Texas Tech who had taken him all the way, won everything, high school and college, and his name was Mahomes. Fine young Christian man. They hired him, pick three. You don't do that when you're 50 years down. You You just don't, okay. But they did, why? He's a Christian. Tune in tomorrow as Dr. Bree Keaton continues showing how the prophetic hand of God is moving for revival in America.